Welcome to the LTW Fancast with me, Jess Bunyard. And me, Jacob Basford. So, uh, well, are we calm? I don't know if we're calm. I'm not going to be calm because uh, we won. We've got our first ever win in the PWR. Uh, away at sale on what was a, a stormy, a stormy night, a stormy evening in sale, and we've won. <laughs> and you're listening to us, going to probably get very, very excited. Um, Jacob, how are you? Because I'm, are you still buzzing? I'm still, I'm still up on the ceiling. How, how are you feeling? Uh, thank you very much, Jess. I'm still incredibly buzzing. It was um, a real lift. Uh, over the weekend, I was um, I was trying to do revision as 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 much as possible. had had my final exam of like, sort of the Christmas exam period uh, on Monday, which went sort of okay. I think we'll find out. Um, so I was trying to do that, and then obviously the the Leinster game. I didn't go to that, but I was watching it on the telly. That was a bit of a little bit of a of, of a downer. So for 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 the girls to get their first ever win on Sunday evening was just incredible, and you know, I think the only thing that I think is, is if that was on TV or if they didn't like a full match replay, I think we probably would have actually lost our minds. I think the fact that it was just a highlights meant that, you know, meant as it, it's kind of contained our excitement a, a little bit. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was an incredible, incredible feeling. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm just so, so happy for the girls, for, for Vicky and all the coaches for all the staff, for the for the likes of Stan, who are putting in all sort of the PR work behind the scenes, like this is a this is a great, great, great moment for the club. And I think what's exciting and what's probably key is that this is only the beginning, mm. and um, this is just the start of many not only wins but many firsts. This is our first away win, so that means that. We're we're not too far from our first home win in front of a crowd at Matilda Woods Welford Road. Um, you know, I, I don't want to get too ahead of myself and sort of do like this linear progression, but there's going to be uh, there's a lot more firsts to come in terms of yeah, first win, um, first sort of playoff spot. You know, those kind of things. I mean, obviously, we're you know, I'm not trying to get too ahead of ourselves. This this could ta- this could still take uh, a couple of seasons, but even even if that's the case, like that's still uh, an incredible, incredible achievement. I don't think we can we can fall fall short sight of that. So, yeah, it was it it was amazing. But um, yeah, how was your week, Jess? Did you did you go to the Leinster game? Yeah, I did go to the Leinster game. I I came away feeling like really like pleased about it. Like it was a bounce back from the La Rochelle game. Absolutely. It was it was a bounce back that was needed. We bounced back. I found myself being quite disappointed by Leinster because it's like when you play Leinster, you play like most of the island side. So I found myself like a bit disappointed by their performance, really, but kind of pleased with us and how we, we bounced back after the La Rochelle game. And then Sunday, we, we couldn't get a referee for the for the pitcher and play. So we went to plan B, which is like a uh, like a development coach-led games, building the progressions up, like a training session, 
splitting everybody up into like four teams. That was really good. Well, it, it was brilliant. The team played really well in these coach-led games. Our defence was awesome. Um, loads of tries scored. Everybody from whatever club was kind of mixing in together and having fun and learning off each other as well. Even if you were in competing teams, in this kind of coach-led environment, you were still they were still supporting each other. It was really good. The only downside was the rain, um, which was fully sideways because this was like three o'clock Sunday afternoon, and I'm trying to coach these games. Um, and at one point, I'm trying to just set up a little bit of a one v one scrum competition to restart a game because so, we had like different ways of restarting and stuff and different stuff we put in so I put in a little 1v1 like scrum contest situation and I was putting the ball in and I'm just checking everybody's safe and, and happy and comfortable and um and I really really at one point like I had to just step away as soon as I rolled the ball in checked everybody's safe I had to just turn my eyes away because the rain was battering like in at my eyeballs and like stinging mm. and hurting but and I got absolutely soaked through like there's still some stuff now this is like what Wednesday morning I think my coat is still drying like I got soaked through got soaked through my coat through my hoodie through my shirt like I was drenched but then I came home warmed up and then like parked myself on the sofa and was like then frantically refreshing like Tigers in Sale Twitter feed and like saw that we we'd scored first I think but then we'd gone down and then we were, we were sort of like 12 7 at half time to sail but then we started really quickly out the blocks in the second half that was pleasing but then twitter seemed to have some sort of malfunction and it put all of the media and some of the tweets behind like an age restriction or content warning block so everything yes, yeah, on twitter yeah. was getting labeled as like graphic and i was like that's just a person carrying a rugby ball that's you know <laughs> that, that's hardly graphic um so then halfway through kind of tweeting, like refreshing the tweets of the match, I had to go in and just like try and sort out my age restriction stuff so I could at least see some of the content. So I saw a final score, but my dad, who's also frantically refreshing at his house, he couldn't see like some of the tweets because Twitter had malfunctioned. So I'm telling him we've won and he's like, I can't see a tweet. And I'm like, well, I'm telling you, we have absolutely won. So he's like waiting for stuff. So it was like pandemonium and I'm jumping up and down and my partner's cooking like a dinner to try and warm me up from coaching. And yeah, I, I went ever so slightly um, bonkers, really, um, for which I do not I do not apologize for in any way. But rugby, rugby following by Twitter is is interesting. And then when Twitter decides to malfunction, it gets even more um interesting when there was like on the 77th minute and I'm like trying to put in trying to fix the Twitter thing so I can at least see everything and I'm frantically refreshing and I'm like this has been more than three minutes now come on come on so yeah um and then I remember messaging you going like we could do this and then I just went to all caps we've won we've effing won you know and you're yeah. like sod the revision and I'm like no go revise but I'll just sell it you know <laughs> so yeah chaos um, but yeah, back, backing up what you said, I'm proud and really pleased for everybody who's contributed before this, because this hasn't just been just a one season journey, you know, um, there's been the time that we spent in the championship and there's all the hard work that goes on before we even had a team to make sure we've got a team in place. So all of the work that, that Tigers have put in and the hard work that Vicky McQueen's put in behind the scenes to actually get 
a women's team at Tigers and now we're here ticking our first first off the board um, and and roll on the next batch of firsts for us to be talking about because it's, yeah, it's really exciting. I'm probably getting overexcited and rambling. So, Jacob, I'm going to hand over to you. Tell 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 me, refresh my memory, what, what is in this week's episode because I'm probably far too giddy. <laughs> well, I think firstly, Jess, I think we have to say that we can be the giddy ones. We can do all the over-celebrating and be like, this is the start of something incredible and all that kind of thing. And then, you know, so we, we can do that, but then the girls can keep their heads, you know, measured and focused and sort of like have their have their little sing song and then uh back to the grind for um their next game, which isn't this weekend. We've got all the weekend off. So it's just a just a, a game uh review for you guys today. But the full pod goes as such. We're gonna review the sale game, uh, and we're gonna try and keep it condensed <laughs> and not just um gloat for three hours um and then yeah we'll have some top tiger times in there because as our first women we've got some got some great nominations so thanks everyone to for handing in those that's been great uh we've got a bit of a news section in terms of covering of course um some recent developments we've got we signed a, a player last week who played at the weekend uh julia Omokwale, and um there's also some news that tigers are now um, involved with Canadian women's rugby on a on a pathway program um, involving uh, former wing uh, Dave Lockheed. So that's going to be really really interesting. We're going to go um, into that in the news section alongside other PWR results. Um, and then we're also delighted beyond delighted. Incredible scoop! We have managed to get Leia Bartlett, the winning try scorer from the game, on for an interview. Uh, which is going to be fantastic. So, um, you know, after our prophetic powers of of um, glory, because Leia was our player profile last week, um, she then got the winning try. So, yet again, our, our our pod has had a has had a great impact on our team, uh, which is always good to see. Um, so that's going to be really good. Then we're going to do we're going to do our own another player profile, which is back in the backs. Uh, which is going to be on uh, centre and Welsh international Rebecca de Filippo. Um, so I've got that for you. And then, yeah, just kind of we're going to have a look, chat a bit about the state of the game. We ran a poll uh, last week on, on our Twitter about um, why uh, fans saying they weren't attending games. So we're going to digress that and go over um, what can Tigers be doing? What can the league be doing? What can uh, fans themselves be doing potentially? Um, so we're going to go digress through that and uh, yeah, and then obviously more chat about scrums and more gloating about uh, the, the win at the weekend. So uh, yeah, on with the rest of the pod. But before then, um, like I said, thank you for all those great, great Top Tiger times. They're amazing. Keep sending those in. Uh, keep following us on Twitter um, at LTW Fancast. Um, please do send us emails if you want any email feedback. That's um, ltwfancast at gmail.com. Uh, give us a rating and follow on Spotify or do similar on similar podcast providers. And uh, yeah, if you, you know, we're going to be the uplifting pod this weekend. We're going to lift your spirits, going to talk through a great win. Uh, but if you want something a bit more cathartic, then do give our sister podcast, uh, The Rolling Wall, a listen uh, for their breakdown of the that Leinster game from the weekend as well. So, yeah, a um, another great episode for you guys. 
So let's do it. Let's get into and dig into our first ever win in the PWR and also our first ever away win. Jacob, I remember when we started this pod, we said if all we want to do this season is just put in good, solid performances at home, that would be good. And now not only have we got our first win, but it's our first away win and away at sale, which in a storm um, and, you know, sail away, notoriously difficult um, in the men's premiership, in the Gallagher premiership, because often it's a Friday night away and the weather's grim and the weather was equally grim, albeit it wasn't at sale. The game had been moved to Chester um, because I think the grass pitches had taken quite a hammering at the core back stadium at, at Hayward Road. So they'd moved to an all-weather 4G surface at Chester Rugby Club. And I saw um, something really kind of heartwarming on, on Leicester Tigers' Twitter feed that I think um, Chester Rugby Club had put like a little goodie, like sweets bundle and a little welcome note, um, which is great to see from Chester. Um, and I think they also recently might have hosted the Red Roses in kind of a pre-WXV training camp at their location. Um, so it's really good to see that we talk about Northern Rugby Matters. We t- spoke about that when we speak about Sale last week, that actually it's not just uh, one club that's putting in the effort. It's, it's you know, and Chester's kind of leading the way on making teams feel welcome, hosting last-minute fixtures, hosting the Red Roses and doing really good stuff. So that's really, really amazing to see, really pleasing to see. But let's... Let's dig into the win. You've watched the highlights. I've watched the highlights. We've watched try scoring stuff on social media. We've won try of the week because Claire Gallagher's won try of the week. Um, I watched Leia's score because I'm biased. So I watched I watched a prop diving over the line. So I watched Leia's score quite a few times um, to see her power over the line. Um, and I watched Claire score a few times as well. And Tess Fury scores, I, I watched that again this morning. Um, and I know I'm rambling all over the place. I'm, I'm not going to apologise for that this week. But I saw basically just lovely skill. I mean, you can say that over all the tries, but I think it's particularly highlighted in Tess's try. Mm. It's just lovely handling skill in what must have been atrocious weather. I know because I was out basically other side of the Pennines. I was out in pretty much the same weather. It was appalling. But we saw lovely, lovely skill executed in terrible weather it was just quick hands that amounted to a two-on-one that was executed perfectly and I think that to me highlights the progression of this team because not only are we able to execute that beautiful handling skill in horrible weather but we're also it's so easy to let mental pressure get to you and you to butcher an overlap like how many times have we seen it watching rugby it it happens quite a lot this was not only us chasing our first win, but our first away win in a storm. And we didn't butcher a 2v1, which I think says a lot about the the physical and mental skill that this this team is is starting to really build upon. Um, but Jacob, what, what are your thoughts on the scores? Because for me, what, what carries throughout is just teamwork and skill being um stitched together in a storm which yeah if we can weave that into the pod synopsis at some point that's kind of my main takeaway yeah absolutely 100% I think firstly going back to Chester RFC I think I think I speak for both of us and probably for the club when I express my immense gratitude for the club for being able to to 
you know, host the game at relatively short notice uh, for Sale and Leicester. And I'm, I'm not just saying that because we did get our, our, our first win. I think, you know, I was, I was really, um, when, when we were, when we were previewing this last week and then when the team got announced, I was, you know, I, I, I thought, I, I thought something was going to happen. I, you know, maybe not a win, but sort of like a maybe a a, a a close game or something. You know, I and I was I was I was and when the when the game got moved to Chester, I was sort of panicking a little bit. They're like, oh no, this is going to really hurt our momentum because we're, we're you know we're trained all week. We've named our strongest team. Um, so the fact that Chester was able to host that game um, is just incredible. So, so thank you so much to Chester RFC. Uh, their gesture to the girls all, with all the sweetie, sweeties and the goods was was really lovely as well. And yeah, I'm sure that the the place now will always hold a hold a good place in in the hearts of 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 many of the girls and, and the support staff on that team. So yeah, again, thank you so much, Chester. But um, yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right about the the skill set uh, under pressure away from home in horrible conditions it's yeah it to to execute that in those conditions is is just incredible i think testament to testament to the hard work and the skill set and the belief um and that the tries that the girls have been scoring all season um you know this is i mean the test fury try is a great example um and i think it is an epitome of of the tries we have been scoring this season I mean, it all starts with the ball out the back from Sangapolu. Um, you know how many times we said that this season. Her her skill set in, in in popping the ball out the back. I mean, it, you know these all these perfectly weighted passes. Um, Eva Donaldson's outsider. She's running a great dummy line. Uh, so that engages the defender, and then the ball is out the back to to our captain, Captain Stash. Uh, she does a it's and from there it's just really simple but effective but executed well. It's just draw and pass. So that's what um, Stash does, gives it to Magic Meg um, and she gets on the outside using her pace, draws and pass. Amanda Swartz does the same and we've, we've created an overlap. We've engaged all the defenders and then Tess Fury's got the pace to, to, to dot down in the corner. On on the face of it, it looks really simple. But again, when you, when you remember of the conditions and also, you know, sometimes when you're going behind the back and stuff, it's just really easy just to, uh, for a defence to drift. But um, all our dummy running lines, the work of Donaldson, the work of Stash and Magic Meg to, to engage the defenders meant that never really happened. And 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 Sale were a bit of sixes and sevens, which allowed uh, Tess Fury to, to to dot down in the corner. I think it's just a a really good example of of the work that we're doing to to get the most out of our back line. And to do that in those conditions, I've said that for the fifth time now. But you know, again, I, I don't think I can emphasize enough how incredible that 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 was to do that um, yeah, on a, on Sunday evening. Agreed. And I mean, look, I it was again. I was at the other side of the Pennines. The rain was coming at me sideways so much and so hard it felt like hail, and it was it was stinging my eyes. Um, but on on the overlap stuff. And on the creation of the 2v1, I, I can, you know, it's it sometimes annoys me. I'm not saying a mispass is never a good thing because sometimes it is and sometimes it isn't. It takes judgment to know when to pass to your next person and when to do a, a mispass. But it sometimes frustrates me when I'm watching the Gallagher men's prem 
and I'll see players just chucking a miss pass, big looping miss pass, and then all of the space that has been created in the middle. And now, the, so sorry, there's all of the space that's been created by players doing hard work in the center of the pitch to create space on the wide. That's just gone because a miss pass allows players to just drift over in defense. It's very, very easy to read because the ball has a lot of hang time. So sometimes a miss pass is on and sometimes it isn't. And I think a miss pass is probably overused, I think, in Northern Hemisphere rugby or certainly in English rugby. Whereas knowing when to throw a miss pass and knowing when to just put it through the hands, do very what seemingly is looks simpler, draw a player pass, draw a player pass, that takes really good judgment and game understanding and to have that in that moment with mental pressure in a storm and to know what pass is the right pass is really pleasing. And that's not just knowing what pass is the right pass from one person. That's the whole team making those kinds of decisions, which I think is immense and is is not to be understated. No, no, I, I agree. And yeah, those a lot of those passes were really, really good, but they were not unnecessarily there were spin passes but they were you know there were they weren't sort of thrown at each other so that you know and under this under the conditions it's it you know there weren't tough catches they were just simple well executed passes um and we made the most of that and that's and that's what allowed us to score Tessuri's try it's what allows us to score uh Meg's try which is the third try for our final one and that was sort of a very similar example it was just um Claire Gallagher um I mean she's got some pace we'll, we'll get onto Claire Gallagher in, in a minute because obviously she she showcased that in in her try but um for for Meg Jones's try as well she's got great pace just gets on the outside of um I think it was like a sail forward replacement second row and then you know again in the conditions she's got the awareness to to get the ball out in the tackle it's a sympathetic off, offload she knows Tess Fury is there, and this is just it. And again, it looks really simple, but when you when you break it down, it's actually a very complicated thing to do because Tess, like, because obviously Meg must have been communicating to Tess that she was wrapping round, or Tess just knew that that was going to happen, and it was just a simple draw and pass, and then Meg's got the pace to 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 run around, and then our own very magic Meg is dotting down the same corner that Tess Fury did earlier on in the second half, so. Again, like it was just a, a, a another great example of of the skill set that we were of, that we were executing in 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 the conditions. Yeah, yeah, abs- absolutely, and I, and I think we can talk about passing skill sets in storms, but I think also what is pleasing to me is is the work of of Brody. Obviously, we highlighted Brody in the in the player profile um, a couple of weeks ago. But it takes a lot in a storm to do, I think, for your team, be have the most carries, the most metres made, the most tackles and the most defenders beaten. And she did all of those. She was top of, of the team stats in all of those categories. That says a lot about the physical effort and workload, not just in a normal game, but in a game where there's a storm. Um, and I think that's immense. And I think, you know, we 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 can talk about smooth passing and passing skill sets for for hours and scrums. Um, but all of that work, all of those tries, probably don't happen without the the work rate of of Brody. 
So that's kind of, well, I'm, I was going to say unseen work, but Tigers posted it and they shouted about it. So it's not unseen, but very often it doesn't get shouted about that much. Um, but all of that work that she's put in enabled that score, enabled those tries and enabled the win. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Talia has been incredible for us all season. She's been quite prolific scoring tries. She scored last week um, off the back of a scrum against Bristol Bears. And yeah, she made a she made a, a, a great line break. Uh, unfortunately, that didn't make the highlights because it didn't contribute um, sort of directly, directly to, to, to a try. But um, no, apparently she made this really great line break, which is why she was top for, for defenders beaten. Um, you know, she's 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 been really, really good and she's continuing to to, to build for um for us in for Tigers. And I think, you know, she's she's always been putting the hard work in, but I think having Sangapolu back at, at blindside flanker was probably massive and you know, allowed the best out of both players. So yeah, just just an incredible uh another incredible shift from from Tali. It was it was really funny on Instagram. Um, when Tigers posted about this, that some of some of the teammates were um, taking the mick a little bit out of Talia's comments about um, when when she was interviewed in the Bristol Bears game. I think she was talking about um, oh no, it wasn't the Bristol Bears game. Sorry, it was it was when she was in, interviewed by LTTV, and she was talking about like um, she was using like all these these empire metaphors about you know. Uh, were a rebellion against um, against the empire of other established teams of, of Gloucester, Hartbury, and, and Saracens. And I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, you know, um, yeah. I, I think it was it, because she's American. It sort of it, you know it came across as very sort of like Star Warsy, which I think is great because I'm a massive, massive Star Wars fan. But I think that, that her teammates are taking the mick out of it a little bit. At the weekend, saying like, "Oh, she's my empire" and all that kind of thing. It was, it was, it was, it was really great to see. Um, but yeah, an, another incredible, incredible shift from from Talia. Uh, it, it, it sounded like an incredible shift from everyone, and I think you know you do see that in the highlights. The highlights probably don't do that full justice, but um, you know, I I, I think ultimately the the work rate and the effort and the desire that was going in by all the teams was actually I think summed up in the end by our winning try by the fact that that Leia Bartlett who had been playing the entire game she was playing for 77 minutes in the conditions there was a lot of scrums she was winning those scrum battles our scrum was actually on top of sale and in the 77th minute she takes a wide ball she like bumps off the the sail forward and and then crashes over for our winning score. I mean, I think it's great that a prop's doing that anyway. I love it when a prop scores and when a prop scores like that. I mean, it was sort of proper. It was proper Darren Garforth esque of you know get out of the way. I'm getting over the line, uh, kind of thing. So you know that 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 was that was that was really really good, but. In, yeah, fact, I mean, to, in fact, to, to I've I've just I've just now when you said proper, that's it. That's our title for this week's episode. A prop uh win. That's it. Done. Boom. End recording. See you next week. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs>
But I I just want to pick up on what you said was it was it was a whole team performance. It really was because the the highlights don't quite show stuff, and we have access to the stats, and not not everybody has access to the stats. So I've done I've like gone through because PWR do like a list of what the top five players are for loads of categories per round. So you get things like successful tackles, dominant tackles, breakdown steals, lineout steals, lineout takes, lineout throws, one and attempted, breakdown arrivals, all that kinds of stuff. And you get all of these top five lists. We are in a lot of these top five lists. And it's not just the same player. It's lots of different players. So we've got three Tigers players in the dominant tackles list. We've got two players in the breakdown steals um, and one of those is Fran McGee. So Fran McGee got a breakdown steal and she's made the top five for breakdown steal lists. We've got players featuring in line-out throws, top line-out throws won and attempted. We've got people featuring in the defensive breakdown arrivals. That's Ellis Martin. So everywhere on these top five lists, we are featuring and it's different names. It's not just one person who had an amazing game. Everybody had a, an amazing game. Everybody fronted up, rose to the challenge. And, and you can see that in the stats because we're appearing in these top five lists, which is amazing. So, again, dominant tackles, which is, I think, particularly pleasing for me because we've spoken about our defence for the last couple of weeks. So to see us featuring in dominant tackles and putting in dominant tackles, not just one or two, but enough to get featured in top five player lists, I think is is really, really pleasing. We said this this pod title is probably going to be prop uh win because it was a game for the props. I mean, stormy conditions are always going to be forward prop games. Um, I remember I played one game at Halifax once and it was it wasn't stormy but it was foggy and cold and you could only see like about like a couple of centimeters from your face and there must have been 20,000 scrums and the final score was like 3-3 or something. So foul conditions always means it's a game for the props. Um and not only have we got a score from the props in Bartlett but we also fronted up and I think we're having an opportunity to test ourselves against a pack that is on equal if not slightly lower footing than us certainly I think they were um it was a it was a good competition to have on the day because as Bartlett goes on to say and when we interviewed her we took some uh scrums when we called marks which is really really pleasing um and not only was it a solid platform but we also won a scrum against the head which is especially pleasing so I think looking at the pre- previous matches and how we've been in the scrum and we've spoken about that, I was really pleased to hear that the the team had backed themselves in going for scrums off the mark. Probably this highlights to me a gap, certainly in scrummaging between us and Sale and the rest of the PWR, which is a gap that will inevitably close. We can talk about props and the English prop pathway. And then we mentioned a bit about the men's rugby pathway. Does this show a need to get better prop pathway systems in place in men's and women's rugby? I don't know, but because I could go on to a whole thesis about that, what this does show me and, and Bartley goes on to talk about it in her interview, um, which you'll listen to later on the recognition from the team to go, this is horrible weather 
we're probably not going to get a kick downfield because the wind is swirling everywhere and we'll kick a ball and it will fly from Chester probably all the way to Birmingham. Like, it will never be seen again. There goes the expensive PWR ball. Like, so we'll, our, our scrum is at least providing us a solid platform here. So we will back our forwards and we'll take a scrum off this mark. And I think that shows a team that is willing to, I'm not going to necessarily say it was off script because there was analysis that would probably go into looking at sales forward pack, looking at their scrums, looking at our scrums and all that kind of work. But it was a team that looked at the conditions and said, this is the way we're going to play today and checking in with one another. It's not devotion to a team script or a coach-led director of rugby script that says, this is how we're going to play and we're never going to deviate off that. It's trusting the players to make decisions because they're the ones playing. And I thought that taking a scrum mark and looking at the weather conditions and chatting with the forwards and having Stash and Magic Meg chat to the props and go, how do you feel about this? That, for me, epitomizes a, a lot or says a lot about the work that is going on behind the scenes and the trust that the coaching staff have in the players because ultimately it's the players that go out there and play. If you're a coach giving a, a script to players going, dictating this is how I want you to play and this is all times you can never deviate off the script, you may as well go and coach robots um, and that probably wouldn't make very exciting rugby. So I thought that showed a real belief in the squad um and i was really really pleased to see that yeah does it the fact that we got some scrum marks is that an indication of the improvements we're making in our scrum yes the fact that we won one ahead against the head possibly does it indicate a, a a scrummaging gulf between us sale and the rest of the pwr yes but i think it's important to recognize that some of those teams a lot of those teams have been scrummaging with and against England players in a top flight women's rugby system and a league structure for many, many years. Um, and I think that is a gulf that will close. I also think it says possibly a bit about more work perhaps needing to be done in a pathway system with regards to propping. Um, but there I shall end my ramblings. But in short, really, really pleased that we're not just sticking to a script and this is how we play, that actually there's flexibility and a belief and a trust in one another to to back the decisions that we make based on how we're playing and the weather conditions. But switching from scrums, because I could talk about them for hours, Jacob, you want to talk about Claire's try, Claire Gallagher's try, because it was nominated for try of the week and won try of the week. Um so, yeah, talk about that and enough about me talking about scrum marks. And Although more scrums called off a mark, please. I love to see it. Yeah, I I just really wish that there must... I, I just really hope that there's a video somewhere just quickly of Stash Jones just doing what uh, Valencia in the World Cup. Whether I, Maybe it wasn't Stash, but whoever collected the backfield and just went like that. I just, I just want to see it. Yeah. I just want to, you know... Release, release it, Tigers. What are you playing? Show us at? the footage. Show us the footage. We'll take a still. We'll take a still screen capture. Just show us an image, a bit of the something. Like, please, we beg you. In fact, if you, if we can get that, we will screen grab it, and it can be our our social media like logo for the next couple of weeks. Of oh, just Tigers women's player or the header, the banner. Yeah, header, yeah, yeah. We'll, make it, 
we'll make it that like release the footage and it can be our new social media banner of a Tigers yeah. women's player calling for a scrum off the mark. We want it. We need to see it. The fans deserve it. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, no, that was that was, and you know, we're gonna chat about that in our interview as well. So stay tuned for that. So we'll we'll, we'll go back to that scrum call, Mark, and and, and chat to it with with Leia. But um, yeah, of course, back to Claire Gallagher's try, another successful try of the week this has not been our, our our first this season we've we've had we've we've had two or three now which is which is really really amazing and yeah because actually t- to be fair because of when the news was announced that claire was 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 joining us we'll, we'll go back to it a bit when we're talking about the signing of uh, of julio mokwale but yeah we sort of we, we had kind of missed that a little bit so apologies but but yeah uh, claire gallagher um Canadian, uh, usually a fly half, but was an inside centre this um, this week, the last weekend. So uh, Meg Jones moved back to thirteen. So we've still had that sort of the three playmaker system that we had had when we had Sarah Nicholas at outside centre and Meg Jones at inside centre. So we were continuing with that with Claire Gallagher at inside centre, and um, yeah, she has got wheels. She has got some wheels and. What happens is is that we were playing under penalty advantage. We we kind of wasn't really going anywhere, so the ref uh, blew up for the advantage. Um, Meg Jones gets up. Um, great vision and initiative from Meg. Sort of a very sort of sevens. That's where the, the, her sevens experience I think shone through. Really, it's kind of a she ran through to the mark um, and she took the quick tap. And I will do a quick shout out to the ref here because I know that there are some referees who were too picky in my book about marks especially you know if it if it's behind the mark does it matter that it's not on the same spot in I my think, head it doesn't. I think she took it sort of directly parallel with the referee where the yeah. referee called it so yeah I think that's that's full credit to the referee to allow that to happen it was very it was very speedy but it was it was a great moment because I think Megan identified that it was just all sort of boards around her so she she was able to snake through and use her pace and then it was just a, a really nice draw in the last defender, drawing the fullback. And then sort of Claire Gallagher has the has has some real gas to get outside the, the covering cell defenders and and dot under the six. So yeah, we, we, we sort of saved the, the best try to last because it was the one that um well, I said was the best try to last. So all, all the tries were amazing. We saved the try that got nominated for try of the week till last. Um and yeah, it was it was it was a great start. Um, I think perhaps what it does highlight is that again we were down at half time and we fell off a little bit, um, which which has been a theme this season, and I'm sure the girls will go over that and and break that down. Um, because yes, it was great to have the belief to come back and execute on the on the pressure that we were giving sale which gave us sort of the momentum to to get the win which is great because we were doing we were sort of doing that against bristol you know in, in at the start of the second half we had a really really fast start and we were putting we were putting bristol into all under all sorts of pressure that they went down to 13 women you know tried disallowed etc 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 um so you know we we've shown now that we're more than capable of doing it and i think the girls will get great belief now 
that we can we can win a game from a spell like that at the start of the of the second half. However, against you know that we, we've got um, we've got Ealing Trailfire in the soon. We've got Gloucester Hartbury at home. Um, we we can't really be doing that against the likes of Gloucester Hartbury. So I think that's something for for the girls to be working on in you know making sure that um, we're not having sort of that off period before the end of the of of the first half. But yeah, I mean credit. Credit to the girls. I mean, like if you if you've watched the interviews, like Vicky McQueen was saying, it was sort of like you know we we were saying to everyone like who wants this more, and you know the girls like you know we we we're never going to not win that game, which was you know which was which was which was clear by the fact that we were um, you know hammering on on, on sales line the seventy fifth seventy seventh minutes to, to to get that winning score from from Leia. So yeah, I think um I think that first going back to the first try by Claire. I'm going round in circles. Uh, uh, was a really, really good start. Great try, great identification of pace. Um, you know, I'm really loving the like of of of, of Claire Gallagher. Um, you know, if she's got that kind of pace, and you know, maybe she. I'm trying to think of a of, of a comparison because um, we've not really had that many, and for the for the men, we've not really had that many out and out pacey fly halves. Just trying to think. But um, but yeah, I, I, anyway, I think she'll be a great, great addition to the club and she's already made it a huge impact and, and, and long may that continue. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it was a heck of a game, like, and watching the, the tries on social media, some beautiful, beautiful scores. Um, and quite rightly, like Claire's, try nominated and won for, for try of the week because it is it is great and I think what's especially pleasing for me with my coach hat on is the amount of players that were in support lines for Meg first and then for Claire like that was that's really pleasing because it, it often you see breakaway tries and it could be just one player on their own but she had a ton of support with her every player running a support line you know, working their butts off to get there if she'd have been tackled. And I think it just says a lot about the whole team performance that that obviously took place on Sunday. Um, and although we've got a break this week, that probably allows us a bit of time to reflect, give this first win its proper dues, but then switch back on and get ready for the next fixture. So, yeah, it's... I, I mean, I ended the pod... Last week, I think by saying, you know, if you're listening to this, you can say that you were here right from the start. Well, now that's one of the first ticked off. You have been here right from the start, from the first away win in the PWR. And the only way from here is up and up and up and up. Right. Well, we've rambled on. We've uh, been basking all the girls in, in, in rightful glory. But now it is on to Top Tiger Times. And for the first time on this pod, we've got some uh, actual sort of, you know, we've got a range of, of, of options because it's, a, it's our first ever win. 
So for the fact there was an away game that wasn't televised, it you know that meant that gave our, our our fans, our listeners, lots of opportunities. So we've got some options here. If you, uh, here here are sort of my picks from, from Top Tiger Times from from Sunday. So thank you again to everyone who who contributed. Keep doing that. Uh, it, it's really really fun and engaging, and you know it, it's really good to see that you know we're allowing our listeners to to sort of you know make the mo- most out of twitter's um character limit to, to 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 give us their top tiger time and first we've got um emma bartlett who i'm assuming is mum slash relation of, of leia um getting goosebumps watching this again she was referring to the uh to the video of the of the tigers women there's there's the video on on social media of, of of the girls sort of like celebrating that the final whistle moment on the touchline it's it's amazing so that's what emma's talking about um just as i was so yeah getting goosebumps watching this again just as i was there at the game on sunday in square brackets so proud and happy for the ladies onwards and upwards the first win of many i'm sure um yeah i i think that's 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 really really key there that you've that you've highlighted two things i think we do have to keep talking about the the celebrations i think were were really heartwarming um because that that shows the desire that shows the fight that shows the the collectiveness of of the girls um and and that was that was a fight of a Leicester Tigers team um uh, which again was 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 really really amazing to see um and then yeah obviously this is not this is this is not the peak. This is you know this is the start of 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 something new. Um, there's going to be some setbacks. There's going to be some tough games this season to come, especially as you know. Unfortunately, I think our our top choice team isn't necessarily our most EP EP our English isn't our most English qualified player heavy team. So I think um, from that perspective, you know, that 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 might affect, that might skew some results later on this season, just so we're, you know, we're, we're playing ball on the, on the English qualified players front. Um, so yeah, there's going to, there's going to be some, there's going to be some, there's still going to be some lows and there's still going to be some highs, but I think Emma is right. It's in the sense that this, this is going to be the first win of many. And because this is a Leicester Tigers team, this is a Leicester Tigers team that fights for each other. This is a Leicester Tigers team that never says that that they do never say die, um, and that's been that's been apparent throughout the whole season. That's been apparent when we were when we were being thrashed by Saracens and Gloucester Hartbury, and we were still scoring tries in in, in the last ten minutes. So, you know, it's to, to to get this is 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 really really great, and you know, we're we're this is going to be the start of something incredible, and yeah, it's just 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 so so good. So that that's sort of what what Emma Bartlett's talking about. And then we've got uh, another one from from Jonathan Pugh, who's who's contributed before. Thank you again, Jonathan. Uh, I wish it was on TV or video of, of, it, of it available. The belief, determination, and togetherness of the squad must be amazing. So pleased for everyone involved, and especially Vicky. Yeah, Jonathan. I, yeah, couldn't agree with that more. I think. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I don't think there's anything more to be said. Really, you, you, you've kind of nailed it. It's. It's 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 just really 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 great moment, and you know I, I'm especially so pleased for Vicky because Vicky has 
been there from the very, very beginning when we announced this partnership with Litchfield Ladies in 2022 of, of doing these trial matches. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe our very first match as Leicester Litchfield was a trial match against Sale, I want to say. Um, I, I, I Something in the back of my mind is is saying that. So for that to be the case, and then Sale were our first game this season, the Alliance Cup of our first season in the top flight women's rugby, and then Sale to be our first ever victory in top flight women's rugby is, I think, incredible. So I'm hoping I've got that right, and there's a nice sort of linear thing to that. But yeah, thank, thank you for that again, Jonathan. And then finally... I thought I'd do a quick little shout out. I mean, it's it's not quite a top Tiger time because they were just retweeting the Tigers women. So I've, I've cheated a little bit, but I'm going to give a shout out to Elliot and Mike from our sister pod, The Rolling Ball, um, because they put history made in uh, block caps. <laughs> massive, massive congratulations to the girls for their first ever win in the top flight. After such a tough season, the guts and belief must be through the roof in this lot. Great way to win too. Shout out to our pal Vicky McQueen, who may enjoy a glass of wine tonight. Uh, so yeah, thank, thanks to that, Elliot and, and Mike. I just thought I'd, I'd, I'd sneak that in there, um, just because I think it was it was a really great example of um, sort of the general sentiment that, that that was going around. And and yeah, it was just a, a a really awesome, awesome, awesome day for the girls for our club. Um, and yeah, that that brings the end of our top Tiger times. <laughs> It is time for the news. I am at a desk. Imagine like a big green screen behind me flashing breaking news. That's the Tigers, LTW fancast news, stuff like that. I wish I had a green screen now. I've gotten overexcited. So let's move swiftly on. And as is tradition, I will kickstart our news section this week by going through the other PWR results. So there is also a bit of a cracker of a of a result that I, I want to talk about. So Bristol 26, Harlequin 7, and, and the next fixture is was the top of the table clash, the, the cracker of the fixture. Gloucester Hartbury 24, Saracens 15. And then mm. the final fixture of the weekend, Loughborough Lightning 45, Trailfinders 21. That Lightning, Trailfinders score, all oh, that gives them remembering how we played against Trailfinders, remembering how we played against Loughborough, that's starting to get me really excited for that Trailfinders home game at Mattioli Woods Welford Road. It really, really is. But that top of the table clash, Jacob, what are you thinking between Gloucester Hartbury and Saracens? Saracens now no longer unbeaten. It's Gloucester Hartbury. I mean, they is that a thrashing 24-15? What what are we what are we making of that score? I mean, firstly. There was a change in the PWR TNT coverage. So they were going to show the Loughborough Trailfinders game, but they switched um, and they showed the the Gloucester Hartbury Saracens game on the TV instead because there was slight murmurings of discontent that the Bristol Tigers game was televised instead of another kind of top table clash. So they've switched it and showed the, the one and the two teams playing against each other. I think it's nice that they've switched it and they've done the Gloucester Hartbury Saracens because that was an amazing game. That's the top of the table clash. I do, however, feel aggrieved on behalf of, of Loughborough and Trailfinders because their fans missed out seeing them on, on TNT. But 
what that says to me is the clamoring for more matches shown on TNT means hopefully next season we might get two a week shown, which I think is is the way forward. So that you could have you could show the Gloucester Hartbury Sarries game and you could show the Loughborough Trailfinders game both on TV at the same time. Or if there's one on a Saturday, one on a Sunday, you could show Gloucester Hartbury Sarries and then you could have shown Tiger Sale on the on the Sunday. On a you know it, it, even if it's no pre-match commentary, half-time commentary, as sometimes you get on like a red button, you used to get on a red button BT option, it would just be a commentator and then like silence at half-time with a couple of ads and then back into the match and the commentary again. I wouldn't mind a second fixture coverage on TNT being something like that, but I'm happy that the murmurings of discontent are are pushing to review a TV schedule that's not just set in stone. So it could be that one of ours is shown when it wasn't on the schedule at some point. But it does show that there is an audience wanting to see more PWR games on TNT. But I've gone on a ramble. What are you thinking about that Gloucester Hartbury Saris game? Yeah, it's... it's Because <sighs> Gloucester Hartbury, they had a little bit of a... Of, of a shaky start to the season. They weren't helped by a couple of, of, of cancellations here and there. Um, but I think that result particularly shows that they that they that they mean business to get to to get the title again this year. Um so that's gonna be yeah, I mean obviously it's a home game. So yeah, probably they they, they were favourites just. Um but that scoreline does suggest potentially that the that Gloucester were beat Saracens significantly. It wasn't a smash or grab, wasn't wasn't a, a pip uh, of of Saris. But yeah, no. I'm just going back to the TNT thing. I, I think it's yeah. I, I think it, it does show that there is a desire for more games being televised and. Yeah, I, I think that is the way forward. I don't think there's anything wrong with having like a red button commentator style fixture just for for a couple ones. Then have your 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 main sort of headline uh, billing, and that can be a top of the table clash, or it can be a you know it can be the the Saracens Harlequins uh, derby, or it can be the the Leicester Loughborough derby. You know, so the, 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 there's plenty of opportunities there. Um, and yeah, I, I do feel a little bit aggrieved for for Trailfinders and, and and Loughborough because that looks like quite a good game as well, like forty five twenty one. I mean, I, I I was I did have a look at some of the tries scored. You know, it was it was a high quality game. Um, so for that to was going to be billed, and then they changed it last minute to to Gloucester Hartbury Saracens. I think from a Loughborough Trailfinders perspective, it is disappointing. Um, yeah, it's 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 tough because. The Gloucester Hartbury and Saracens game was really good, and they were able to put that on television. And I don't know. Yeah, I, I think all that's all. I think all that will just suggest TNT is that there's there's an appetite for more games. There should be more games being put on. Um, and yeah, I mean, you, you know, I, I I don't know the intricacies of of of, of scheduling um, top flight rugby, but you know, it, it might be the before. Um, the start of next season it might be towards the end of this season. They might start showing a few more games. I mean, obviously now there's going to be a um, men's Gallagher Premiership break, 
that might mean that they that that to fill that 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 gap in in the TV scheduling, they 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 might showcase um, more PWR games. We'll just have to see. They absolutely should. I think we should we should emphasize that we should be banging the drum for that. So it'll be really, but I think it's just something that'll be really interesting to keep an eye on um, as we go forward the rest of the season. Yeah, no, I I agree. This wasn't the only um, top flight women's rugby matches that went on because also at the weekend, um, in continuing their preparations for the Rugby Europe Championship, Sweden came over to Aldershot and were hosted by the Army women's team, and that was a well, Im- impressive performance by Sweden, who are now um, head coached by Tamara Taylor. She was assistant coach to Claire Cruikshank for the past couple of seasons. Tamara Taylor's now um, head coach, obviously former Red Rose, former DMP Sharks player, former Saris player. Um, she's now head coaching Sweden and she led them to a, a very convincing final result of 27-0. I think, you know, Speaking again with my coach hat on, I think it will be the nil that will be pleasing Tamara the the best or the most um, because that shows an incredibly strong defensive performance. But we wish, obviously, Sweden all of the best in their preparation and, and going into the Rugby Europe Championship. Obviously, we've spoken about Swedish rugby before um, and international rugby in, in Sweden and their games. So we wish them all the best in that. And, and we wish Tamara all the best as well to have an international female head coach is, is still headline worthy in, in 2024. So well done, Tamara. Moving on to, well, switching, flying, going in an airplane and going from Sweden to Canada. Um, as Jacob hinted earlier, we've made two recent Canadian signings and that is through a new pathway we've set up. So she played on Sunday. Apologies if I am mispronouncing uh, the names at any point. Um, we've just signed Julia Omokawale. Again, apologies if I am mispronouncing names in any way. Please, please, please correct me. Um She's 22 years old. She's a Canadian forward. She can play in either lock or the back row. And as Tiger's website says, she made her international debut for the WXV and she came on as a replacement when Canada beat France. She's also, and there's a theme here because she's also played both sevens and 15 aside game, which I, I don't know, must make now. 70% of our Tigers squad has played both sevens and fifteens, which is, which is pretty, pretty fantastic. Um, I think Vicky McQueen in the Tigers website has spoken about her potential in the game, her engine, the power set piece expertise. So that might be another reason why we were felt especially comfortable to back ourselves and go for those scrum marks at sale because we're boosting our, our engine room, our lock and our back row, obviously that's really important. You can have amazing props, but if you're not getting that drive and you're locking in from the engine room behind you, you're probably not going to go anywhere, especially in top flight rugby. So that's really, really pleasing. But she's come to us through kind of a new partnership, a formal partnership. This was announced yesterday. We're recording this Wednesday morning. So this was announced Tuesday afternoon-ish, I think, um, in that we are now partnering with for the love of the game. So this is a charitable fund um, that is set up, was set up in 2015 to afford rugby players in Canada the opportunity to test themselves abroad. So 
for the love of the game were, according to Tiger's website, instrumental in the signing of uh, Julia and Claire Gallagher. Um, and I think we've spoken about the potential of international rugby players having some time in the PWR, the benefits of, of this PWR league of being the best domestic rugby league in the world for women's rugby. Um, we've also spoken about what that means when we're talking about English qualified players where's the balance um but i think it speaks volumes to the quality of this domestic league that we are drawing in international talent and i'm very very excited to to welcome claire and julia obviously claire instant um noticeable presence in winning that try of the week but i think we can also shout out to julia in her work in being a part of the engine room in probably helping those props just bolster up our our second row engine room and and make us a bit more confident when calling for scrum marks, which is which is equally pleasing. I like to see this type of stuff happen. These partnerships, everybody working together for not just the benefit of Leicester Tigers, but the benefit of therefore Rugby Canada, and therefore getting players more game time, improving Rugby Canada, which improves women's international rugby as a whole. They get opportunity in the WXV. They improve and become even more competitive for the Women's Rugby World Cup that's that's coming around in 2027. So all of these partnerships help improve our game at an international level, not just a club level. So from my perspective, it's it's really, really pleasing to see. Um, so welcome. Welcome to the both of you. And um, yeah, I'm... I'm really excited about this this partnership and this this pathway. To be honest, I'm really really excited by it. Yeah, um, it it does sound exciting. I think as I mentioned earlier in the pod, um, former uh, Tigers wing uh, throwback to the '90s, David Lockheed. Uh, this he's he's all involved in, in in this program as well. I believe he was the first ever player to be capped whilst at Tigers, but it wasn't for a wasn't for a sort of a home nation's country, something like that. Um, but yeah, former former Tigers win from 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 the from the glory days of the nineties. Lockheed um, has been has been um, involved in, in this setup and you know getting getting that partnership between Tigers women and Canadian rugby and 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 yeah, it's great. Um, the Canadians and the women's game have always been uh, like a, a, a stalwart. They've always been really really strong uh, at World Cups. They've 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 dipped ever so slightly recently, but they were really really good in WXV. You know they beat France, who beat New Zealand in WXV. So you know that that really showed that um, the, the the competition and and the levels between um, different nations is is narrowing, which is really really pleasing to see. And yeah, I think um, you know me and Jess, we, you know we we'd identified in in in, in previous podcasts of, of potentially a, a, a void in, in in our forward pack of of someone that would that would help us shore up in 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 the set piece particularly in the scrum um so yeah I mean I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to, to seeing Julia um in in a tiger shirt for for, for a full match in, in in the flesh to kind of see how, what she's going to contribute to the club but I think we've we've already seen but a glimpse of that in, in the match report, she was, apparently she put in a, a massive double tackle with with Katha Jacobs coming, or who was also coming off the bench. So you know that suggests that she's uh, that she's very good as as a defensive tackler. 
which is which is which is going to be great as well. And also, I'm going to do a quick shout out to to Max Kirby, uh, listener, uh, general Tigers super fan, and general women super fan as as well. Um, he said he put on Twitter that he was able to find some clips, and um, he compared Julia to Tom Croft. So that was that that's a that 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 that's some comparison. So if 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 Julia is anywhere near that, that's going to be incredibly exciting. Um, I think that that Seven's experience, perhaps, you know, is testament to that that she's that she's quite a, a pacey forward. So you know, is she going to be a second row? Is she going to be a number six? We'll 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 see that as 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 we're going forward. But but yeah, um, uh, I, I think a, a really good signing for the club. And yeah, I'm really excited to see this this um, development with with can- Canadian rugby going forward because. Um, as I say, um, Canadian rugby in, in the women's game is, has always been massive and, and, and a strong Canadian women's team it can only mean um, amazing stuff for, for the international women's game as a whole. This week, we got overexcited, extra giddy to chat to our try scorer, match winning try scorer, and Scottish international prop, Leah Bartlett. As you can tell, we were probably extra, extra giddy to chat to her. So let's get into it. Welcome, Leah. Let's pick up on that, on the performance of sale. As I say, I apologise before we hit record because I'm probably still very slightly, uh, a lot giddy about it. You scored the winning try. And then, because I, I was kind of frantically refreshing on Twitter, so I had like Tiger's Twitter up and then Sale Twitter up and then Twitter also decided to have like a mad technical failure. So I was like frantically refreshing everywhere. So after you scored, the team kind of had to hold on to the lead to get the win. What what was that like? What was going through your mind? Um, <laughs> Well, obviously we have been grinding for this win for a pretty long time now. Um, so... It felt at the time it was like this is very much a non-negotiable. Um and yeah, we uh we had an idea of what we wanted to do. We knew how we were going to attack those last couple of minutes. Um and uh yeah, we we managed to hold on to it, which obviously is uh class. So. Yeah, and, and I think especially for you as a as a Tigers fan as a child, now you're playing for the club. Like what goes through your mind when you when you put that Tigers jersey on and you get to represent your your childhood club? It must must be amazing. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a feeling like no other. Um, obviously, uh, very very proud. Um, like there's such a, a wealth of history within the the Tigers brand and the Tigers shirt, and um, yeah, representing um, players from way back when. Um, and yeah, it's, it's it is definitely a feeling like no other. Um, Tiger is such a big family club, and we've been supporters our entire life, so um, it's very much a dream come true. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Um, what were the celebrations like on Sunday night? Obviously, most PWR players might have work on a Monday morning. Um, mm. but give us give us a little bit of insight. What was the? I imagine whooping, hollering, cheering, some some drinks maybe on the coach home. What was it like? um yeah really good vibes um the most important thing for for us was to kind of have that like time together as as a squad um so it was a pretty long journey back to the weather um so lots of music lots of uh good vibes 
um singing the usual um really good fun <laughs> I mean, you can't be a bit of karaoke. I'll be all over that. Um, but uh, but anyway, just um, on on the win itself, like obviously it represents all the hard work the team have done so far. Um, and obviously, the you you've done your homework before the game. I mean, reading the match report, unless I've got this mistaken, you guys were calling uh, the scrum off the marks in the twenty-two. I mean, mm. what was? I mean, how was how was that? I mean, firstly, like that's a that's a hell of a call. I mean, was 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 that? based on, on on the conditions or was it to do with like you, you notice something with with sale over the season I, I guess all I'm asking is that just like a reflection of of, of the build-up to that kind of result and was that like a real did it did it feel really awesome to sort of like be like yeah we can we can we can do this it's it's we're, we're gonna we're gonna take sale head on in, in the scrum I mean what 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 was that all like yeah, like um the the conditions weren't great um we we knew uh, for the first 40 at least we were going to have to weather some pretty difficult conditions um being able to exit we it wasn't as easy as we would have liked it to have been so we knew that um kicking to exit wasn't necessarily uh, we weren't going to get the reward that we wanted from it um but yeah the the scrum was solid all game um so we had a lot of confidence in when those um calls were were made um with uh Tash and Meg looking at us and saying like are you happy for to go for a, to go for a scrum and like yeah more than happy so there was a lot of scrums racked up in that game um but to give the the backs a kind of platform to play off and turning over a few scrums against the head as well um like it's for us it's making our stamp on on this kind of league and and showing that we're we're going to be a force to be reckoned with yeah, absolutely. And just, you know, showing that kind of that Tiger's essence, that that Tiger's fight. I mean, obviously, all those scrums are going to give the girls loads of confidence going forward. I mean, how how can you how, how are you going to build on that for the rest of the season whilst also you know having that belief, but then also having that sort of making sure your head's all screwed on and thinking like, oh, we don't want to, you know, get ourselves too far ahead and and actually sort of um, and then the the sale result becomes more of an outlier and stuff. So So, yeah, how. How how has has the team gone about trying to trying to build on 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 the confidence this win has now brought to the girls? Yeah, so um, like as we've already said, it's a result that we've been kind of um chomping at the bit for for a while. We've fallen short on a couple of occasions in games that um like potentially we shouldn't have done. Um, so it's just kind of like finding the identity that we know that we're a team that can win games and will win games. Um. And yeah, now it's just building on that. Um, we've had our, like we said, we've had our first win now, and um, it's just about kind of learning to to rack up more um, results like that. Um, in terms of confidence, um, like I think it's it's filled us with a lot of confidence. Um, we always knew coming into the league, we were kind of kind of be the the underdogs, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, it puts it takes a lot of pressure off of us. Um, that we always go into games, especially against like your big names, your Gloucester, your Saracens. All the pressure is on them. They're the ones that have been in the league for a number of years now. Um, and they've got titles behind their names. We don't ever have any of that yet. We uh are in a quite a a nice situation that actually all the pressure is on them. Um, so now we're going to start winning games. It becomes actually pressure now becomes a privilege, and we need to be able to back up our performances.
yeah yeah absolutely and just um i mean obviously we're we're, we're a little bit far away but it, it, it's it's you know squads are getting named scotland haven't uh named their six nations squad yet for the women's six nations but obviously you were there with scotland for for wxv um in wxv2 scotland did quite well what are your thoughts on on, on where scotland are going to be in, in in the next women's six nations um we are always striving to to finish as far up as the table as we can um we know that there's there's always games that we're going to target um from a personal note um i would like us to um do well enough to get into wxv1 i think that's somewhere that's quite realistic for us having one mm. wxv2 um and pushing like we can push teams from wxv1 very close um, so I think that is kind of like the next natural step for us in terms of um, developing as a squad that um, like that's that's where um, playing against those teams more regularly is how we're going to continue developing. And we've developed a lot over the last few years. Um, it's a kind of like it's a similar situation to Tigers in terms of um, we've we've now as Scotland, we've become a squad that knows how to win. Um, so it like we can take that forward especially um the scots and the english and the girls that are in the squad that are um in teams that that know how to win and we can take that forward um and yeah i'm super excited to be in camp with the girls um six nations is always a a really enjoyable time of year um really competitive games um so hopefully fingers crossed we'll um be there and play some games <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, just on that as well, like at, in 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 both the, the women's tiger squad and across the PWR, there's a really strong Scottish contingent. And for a few games now this season, you've been part of an all Scottish ABC club of uh, mm. yourself, Ellis Martin, and um, and uh, Lisa Cockburn. Uh, what is it like being part of a, of an all Scottish front front row at, at the club? Is there any sort of inside jokes? Is um and and yeah, obviously there there is the potential there is the potential that you guys could be all playing for for Scotland in the Six Nations. What what's it like being about that? Yeah, uh, I think if um, apart from anything else, playing week in week out as a, a trio in the front row um, does Scotland a lot of favours. Uh, it's been uh, I think in the past that we ha like teams haven't played so much. Uh, members of the squad haven't played so much together. Um, because we're obviously dotted around different clubs here. Um, but having I think there's six of us, um, at Tigers. Um, if anything, it will it just helps us gel even more. Um, so being able to kind of take what we've got here in Tigers and take that onto an international stage. Um, yeah, it's a super exciting prospect. Um, the um, it's been great being with Alice uh, and Lisa. Um, they're both class players. Um, it, it, scrummaging feels considerably easier when you've got um, two front row alongside you that are also very, very good at their jobs. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's been great having them uh, here at Tigers. <laughs> So our player profile this week, we are back in the backs um, and we're looking at Welsh international Becca de Filippo. Um, and I have to say, 
we've spoken about availability of information when it comes to discussing women's rugby and doing player profiles before. It's really not that easy to find information on Becca. Um, so we've both done a little bit of digging. So I'm going to give you my information first and I'm going to hand over to Jacob. So as I said previously, she's a Welsh international. She made her debut for Wales against Scotland in 2012. And when she did that, she was the youngest member of the Wales squad at the time. She's also played for Wales in a pathway system. She's played for the under-20s team. She played in the 2014 World Cup before taking a short break and she returned to international rugby in the 2016-2017 season. Again, there's a theme emerging because like, what, 80% of the rest of the Tigers squad, she's also played sevens and fifteens. Um, she's recently played for the UK Armed Forces in a match against Bristol Bears. And in an interview I found... With her on her website, she has cited, or she cited then, Jonah Lomu as her sporting hero. So that probably gives you a bit of an insight. She cited her dad as her hero, um, but as a sporting hero, she cited Jonah Lomu, which gives you a bit of an insight into how she probably likes to play. Jacob, what what have you found on Becca? Um, yeah, so I'd say when she made her debut in 2012, uh, it was a week before her 18th birthday. So she made her debut for a country when she was still 17, which is which is pretty awesome. Um, yeah, she played for Wales at both the 2014 and 2017 World Cups. Uh, but I don't think she's... Pl- I, I tried to get an exact figure. I think the last time she played for Wales was the 2018 Six Nations. So um, she's, she's, she's not played for, for a country for a few years um and then in yeah there's there's no for on if you go on the Leicester Tigers website um you know there's there's all these player profiles on the website uh you, you click on it and it says for, for Rebecca de Filippo more information coming soon so we've had to do our own digging on this one so this is uh so this is this is this has been quite an exciting sort of like a a, a challenge of of trying to dig facts on on the internet, so I'm hoping everything we've found is accurate. But all I can remember is is that um, I remember stat, uh, Natasha Jones in our very first podcast when we interviewed her. She said that um, Rebecca' nickname was was Flip Flop because apparently she fought off like was it like a shark or some kind of animal with it with a flip flop or something that was like and we were like oh my god we've got to, we've got to speak to her. This sounds we've got to get we've got to get to the uh, the grips of this story so um i couldn't find any information about that but you know hopefully maybe we can get becca on the podcast at some point and, and find out what what on earth that was all about but um in another article on the tigers website when when tigers were previewing all the pwr teams before the start of the season um she was mentioned as sort of a similar kind of player to, to Laggy Tuima when Tigers were looking at Harlequins uh, because uh, sort of Tigers were saying that she was similar in terms of skill set, uh, power as, as a ball carrier as well. We know what Laggy Tuima has, has brought for, for Quins and for the Red Roses over the years and also a kicking ability. Um, so there's she that sort of gives you an indication as, as the type of player that she is. And she she's played... For a few games throughout the season, particularly in the Alliance Cup, before the, when the WXV players were all away, she was she was featured in, in in a couple of games there as well. And at the start of the PWR season, we've not seen her since then. So maybe there's an injury. Um, 
but she also spent three years out of the game. So she, she didn't really play between 2019, 2020 until uh, March, 2023, when she appeared for um, Saracens at the back end of, of the season um, last year. Um, so, you know, we, I couldn't find out why she, she had been out of the game for a while. Uh, the Saracens website didn't really say, um, but, on her LinkedIn, it does say that she's been head of SNC at Brighton College. So maybe she was just purely focusing on that um, during sort of like the the, the the COVID period and then has come back to the to, to the game for Saracens before signing for us last season. So, um, yeah, sort of a, an interesting player who was kind of a was was very much um, in and around that that Wales team for, for, for quite a while, but 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 not since 2018. And uh, yeah, very interesting nickname. But yeah, so it's, it's it's just the the nickname, the the no information on the article. It's all a bit, uh, it's all a bit mysterious. I'm sure it's just like a, there's a very innocent explanation. But yeah, it 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 it, it intrigues me, which is why I picked it for player profile. It's like, well, we need to do it back. And um, you know, this is this is someone who's played for us, especially at the beginning of the season. Welsh international, no information on her profile on Tiger's website. Uh, this is very interesting. And then I also found out that we never actually announced that she'd signed for us. I tried to find the the Instagram posts, you know, when we we're doing like all those sort of like joining the journey or um, no future Leicester resident. That was what it was. Um, and we, we never really did that for, for, for Becca de Filippo. It, it just like she just appeared on our on our squad um, website, which I thought was also interesting. So very, yeah. very mysterious. Yeah. Which is and, and we're making it a big deal. Well, I'm sure there is not one. <laughs> well, we're 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 extra giddy, so we're allowed to. So, mm -hmm. but no, I think she's yeah, obviously done immense amounts for her country, especially at an early age. Played in numerous teams, so brings lots of experience. Sevens and fifteens. Played in World Cups. Cites Jonah Lomu as a sporting hero. Yeah. Uh, brings a probably a wealth of experience with her, but both not just in playing, but as you said, in that S and C experience as well, um, and having that as as a career and, and brings all of that with her. So plus a sort of a air of mystery and intrigue about her. Um, so yeah, yeah, we hope we hope we 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 will. In fact, we might email in and go tell us about this flip flop story. We demand information. Because uh, yeah, what what a what a story! Firstly, what a nickname, brilliant. Yeah, and what a what a what a story we'd we'd like to hear about. But certainly, I think this highlights the the squad that Vicky has built is building that brings a range of experience and highlights probably the diverse skill set that playing both sevens and fifteens lends you. Because. Uh, PDY is still semi-professional um, you know apart from our Red Roses and potentially some of the other internationals of other countries um, these are part-time players so and you know that it's going to be unfortunately that it's going to be their, their nine to five first and the the rugby second so sometimes that that might mean that they're potentially a lot more ins and outs um lack of availabilities that aren't necessarily rugby related 
um, that, the, that the club don't have to talk about and that can be sort of harder to track for, for the likes of us and and our listeners and, and, and the super fans out there. So I think that's probably that's that that's probably explains it, it it more than anything sort of like intriguing. Um but um but yeah I think I think what what that does highlight is you know this is a this is a building squad um but it's also a a, a semi-professional squad and there's going to be there's going to be players coming and going we've got the relationship with with different clubs and you know it, it's going to be that like oh suddenly this person who plays for Kenilworth is playing for us and it's like oh who's who's she and it you, you know it's um there's i think there's going to be quite a, a few of those um as 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 we continue being a, a semi professional league but um but yeah like I, I i had some fun doing some digging um you know um i was revising i was revising i didn't just spend my entire weekend trying to find who becca Filippo was um but yeah, it was. Oh, it was. No, we 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 totally believe you. We totally believe you. Um. Yeah. So if you know, if my mum is listening, I was revising. Um. But um. But yeah. So no, it was it was fun. It was fun, and you know, this is this is what I'm really enjoying about player profile as well because we're getting to know the players. You know, we're doing all this digging, and then we're giving it to to you guys, the listeners, and then you know about all these players, and then it's like. Oh, that person scored at the weekend. You know, they were the pro player profile of the weekend. I mean, that's obviously what happened this weekend with Leia Bartlett. She was our player profile, and we, we were instrumental in that score. Apps, you know, crucial, yeah. pivotal. Couldn't have happened without us. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. um, we only ask for five percent of match fees. We're no, not. We're, no, no, we're, 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 we're sodding the match fees. What we're asking for now is that still of the scrum mark. That's all that's all we want. That's, that's, that's our fee. That's our fee. That's it. I just want that. <laughs> yeah. But on that, I think the player profile helps us listeners everybody get to know the players and and in that line we put out a a twitter poll and then we put out a facebook poll on the rolling malls facebook group um so we've done a twitter and a facebook poll about we wanted to know if you've not been to a game yet what stops you from going and this isn't to criticize or have a go at anybody that hasn't yet been down to Mattioli Woods Welford Road to support the women's team or indeed been to an away game to support the women's team. It's purely because we want to know to A, maybe perhaps make our pod content better to find out more about women's team's fans and, and what could help them, but also just generally get a, a kind of a state of play of our first PWR season. And then we can use these stats to, to talk about the work that the team are putting in to 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 fill the ground, to fill the tray view stand, and to kind of you know, we we I always say that women's rugby shows that it attracts new audiences, not just existing fans. But it's probably said that this poll was aimed at existing fans only, um, purely because of how we sent it out. Um, so I'll go through the stats. So I'll go through Twitter first because Twitter. And- Facebook have um, different demographics, but it was rolling more fan base sort of. So there might be some overlap, but Twitter first. So if you've not been to a game yet, what steps you, what stops you from going? 52.5% of people said time. 27.3% of 
percent of people said travel. 15.2% of people said no knowledge of team and 5.1% of people said cost. I think the most pleasing aspect of that for me is how small the cost factor is. Yeah, so clearly agree. women's rugby at Matty Woods Welford Road gives value for money. Obviously you can get it in your half season ticket bundles and your season ticket bundles as a one-off game. And uh, we've just bought a ticket for my mum to come to the Ealing Trailfinders game. It was uh, like... Uh, I used some of the raw award rewards things. So I took some money off that because we've been to games. So I think it was like a £12 cost overall or something, 12 to £14. And then it was like, because I took some of the raw rewards money off, it cost like £6 or something, which to get top flight level of women's rugby to get a seat to watch that for what cost me six pounds for what I think initial cost is about 12 to 14. It's it, that is really, really value for money. We speak about ball in playtime in the women's game being higher. So you're actually getting more bang for your book. You're getting more rugby compared with the Gallagher men's prem for, for your pound, which is really good. I think what probably might shift if there were more games televised is that, is that time aspect um, mm. Because I think at the moment it's difficult for perhaps existing Leicester Tigers fans to juggle, and we'll see it in the Facebook results, to juggle being fans of the men's team and not wanting to sacrifice any of that supporting time, but then trying to add more team support for the women's team onto that. And I think if the matches were televised, I think people could sit and watch Leicester Tigers and then in the men's game, you know, let's say in the European fixture and then watch uh, Loughborough versus Tigers on the TV and then that might help people with their time if they could watch more games on the TV. But I think that's probably a stat that would be, you know, if we did similar polls for Sale and, you know, and other PWR teams that share men's fan bases in the fir- in their first seasons in in top flight domestic women's rugby, they might have said something similar because I think we just have to see more of the team and possibly on, on TV, radio, before a lot of those fans feel they can doubly invest their time. Um, it's very similar on the Facebook group as well. Um, and I think before I move on, thank you to everybody that clicked on this poll on Twitter or on Facebook there's no judgment to anybody that says they haven't had the time or they can't travel to a game or they, they haven't been to a game yet. This is purely just to see how we can help you as podcasters about the women's team and to then just look at maybe we do this next year and, and actually has the, has the poll changed? Are, you know, are more people going? We would hope so. What are the reasons for not going, you know, so we can kind of track the growing fan base over over our journey with the podcast, which might be really exciting. So over on the Facebook group, 63% said time, 27% said travel, 1% said no knowledge of the team, 1% said cost. And then there was an added option that somebody added and that got 8% of the results, which I think links to time, which is that these people follow the men's team home and away. And that's 8% of those poll people, which I think links massively to time. So people don't want to take away from the commitment of the men's team, fully, absolutely understand. We're not asking people to divide time, but I think we have to make it worth people's time 
And I think making it worth people's time doesn't come from anything the women's team can do necessarily. I think it comes from matches on TNT over the season. And I think that will just come because everybody has to have their share of the TNT match. So I think that that is something that will just come with time, if that makes sense. I've said time a lot in that statement, in that section. But Jacob, what are you what are you thinking about those poll results? Um, yeah, first I'm going to do another shout out. Shout out again, thank you to to Ethan Clamp, owner of Leicester Tigers Memes, who shared the Twitter poll. So hopefully some of his followers also contributed to that Twitter poll as well, um, which is really really good. Uh, yeah, we had just shy of a hundred votes. So obviously this isn't uh, we can't read into this too much as entirely indicative of the entire Leicester Tigers fan base, um, but it was still a, a, a good sample size. And I think it's. Yeah, I think what I'm also very, um, I'm no longer panicking. That it's sort of like a, a cost thing, which I think is 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 quite key. And I, you know, I, I think you're right. I think it is the the women's games are bang for your book in terms of the quality of rugby, what's being offered. You know, I I I, I definitely agree, and I think those poll stats back that up. And I, I think it is time a little bit because it's is a hard one when you when you know unfortunately for a lot of people their their life isn't just rugby it's just sort of like this is the this is the one day where you know um my kids are at my parents or something or you know uh it's it's the one day where my partner lets me watch the tv <laughs> um you know it's 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 those kind of things where in order to support the club fully, it's kind of like, well, you know, I, I've had this for for God knows how many years of, of supporting the men home and away and, and you're supporting the club through that. Um, so for them to do the women as well and for it to not quite match up because it, it's not quite like, I think maybe potentially naively some fans thought it might be like the old days where sort of, when the men's first were playing away, they'd go watch the seconds at home. And it'd be kind of like a, a similar thing with the women. It's sort of like, oh, when the men are away, that means that the, the women are going to be at home. So I can go to Leicester Tigers every week and, and watch a game. Unfortunately, with, with, with modern TV scheduling, that's probably not as possible anymore. And we, we do have instances where, for example, for the Bristol game, despite that being on, on, on TNT Sports and despite that being a Saturday fixture, um, obviously that's sort of clashing with Europe. I was on a plane to La Rochelle, so I couldn't watch the game live. You know, so that, that there's all these these factors that, that that will start to contribute. But I think a lot of what will start to to push up attendance figures are sort of very small domino effects. Um, so, and I think one of those domino effects will be that um, Leicester Tigers published a highlights video of the win from the weekend on their own channel, which they've not done yet this season. And I think they should be doing that regardless of results. But, you know, that's by the by. Um, that is accessible to the, that is going to be more accessible to the general fan base because people know where to look necessarily. They don't, you know, people, I think PWR and, and the PR of PWR has been fantastic, but that still takes time to filter through to people, especially if you get fans of, of a certain age that will just know there's a YouTube channel for Leicester Tigers and we'll just watch that YouTube channel. Um, 
So I think the fact that we've got highlights on that, you know, then it'd be like, ah, oh, okay, that was really, really good. When when a Leicester Tigers were next playing at home, oh, they're playing in that fixture. Am I free? Oh, I'm free. Uh, you know, I, I I think I might make it. So I think there'll be those sort of domino effects as well. Um, and it, I don't know what your thoughts on this, Jess, because because that main factor does seem to be time. Do do the club potentially moving forward have to be thinking it's it's unreasonable for us to assume that the current fan base can contribute fully to both? And should we be looking to potentially expand the fan base into different areas, um, just grow the, the support of a club as a whole, not just as the women's team, but as the, the men's team, the women's team, the wheelchair team, all the, all the community stuff? And then that might mean that we can get more people devoting time, sort of not necessarily between men's and women's, but it's sort of like, okay, well, I know I can support a less Tigers game this weekend. Does that make any sense? I'm not I'm not sure. Yeah, it does. Um I think the club looking at this long term will go. Women's rugby has the potential to attract new fans to our sport, therefore. We have the potential to increase and add to our existing fan base. But I think we also need to take our existing fan base with us. We've we've got mm. what, one of the largest season ticket supporting numbers in the men's prem. So I think it's it's not naive to assume that some of those should also be fans of the women's team. So I think it's a combination. I think it's taking existing fans with you but whilst not asking them to to not devote their current time, a percentage of their time to the men's team. So I think that starts to come with the social media stuff that's already happening from the women's team, but also just an accumulative effect of multiple matches being shown on TNT. We've had, what, two of Tiger's games being shown on TNT so far? Two, yeah. So I think, you know, and that's not me disrespecting TNT and their coverage in any way. I do wish we could have more. I said that earlier on in the pod, an extra red button, just a commentator. But more people are clamoring for that, not just me. So that that says wonders about TNT's coverage of PWR and the numbers of people that are watching women's rugby. I think it's just an accumulative effect. More radio stuff, more TNT stuff means that people don't have to physically go to Matthew Ellie Woods Welford Road to support the women's team. It means if you've come back from La Rochelle or Leinster on the Saturday and the Tigers game is on on the Sunday and it's on TNT, you can sit and watch it and then that might help you go to Matthew Ellie Woods Welford Road the next time around. Mm. I think that helps massively, but I think it's also this women's team represents a new ability to attract different fans new fans to Mattioli Woods Welford Road simply because stats show us different people different audiences watch women's rugby compared to men's rugby there's an overlap but we could attract new fans to support Leicester Tigers and add to our fan base and that's really exciting and if you know if there are any talks or hesitation around when Leicester Tigers initially set up this women's team, I imagine that was some of the discussions in the back rooms and boardrooms that helped make the club want to support and set up a women's team. It's the potential to 
not only grow women's rugby, which is right, but attract new fans to this club. Because we could probably talk for hours about the sustainability of men's rugby in this current model. You know, Mm. Leicester Tigers might not survive if we're the only team in the Gallagher men's prem, you know, if more teams go under. So what is the way to continue the longevity and sustainability of a club add to its fan base? What's one way you can add to a fan base, add a women's team. So I think it's, I think it's a mixture of both attracting existing fans over because quite rightly, absolutely they should. We, we hear from the players all the time about how they take pride in this Jersey. Um, and if I wasn't already a fan of the women's team, hearing the women's players say that would instantly make me a fan of this women's team because we all know what it means to to support this club and to be a fan of this club. Um, it feels special. Um, so hearing the players take pride in the jersey, the more I think we talk about that and the more I think fans hear that, the more existing fans of the men's squad will will carry over to the women's squad. But I think part of it is just having this league existing on TNT on the same. Bear in mind, this is the same platform as men's rugby for the first time. Previously, it was hidden on BBC iPlayer or it was it was on a, a YouTube channel via an RFU link you had to sign up for that was free to air, but you still had to go through the sign up link process. This is the first time. So the first time Tigers have a women's team is also the first time this league is shown on the same platform as the Gallagher men's prem. So I think that's massively in our favour for helping fans get used to this women's team, get to know this women's team, sit at home, watch the women's team and then go, you know, this team, they're flipping amazing. I'll go and support them in the flesh. That I think Mm. just takes time. And I think that's where the accumulation of matches shown will reduce that time percentage of being the top one of those polls for, for definite for me. Um, but this, this does represent an ability to attract new fans. But as I say, this poll looked at existing men's fans. I'm not surprised that time was up there because people's lives are very busy. The more we can make this team accessible, more match highlights from PWR, more behind the scenes stuff as we said before that probably takes a vaster more amount of funding from tigers so more stuff on tnt more stuff on the radio helps fans get to know these players helps them you know even if they're listening to it on the radio or streaming it on their phone whilst they're waiting to pick their kids up in the car that helps them you know it means yes i'm seeing the players i'm seeing them on tnt regularly right now i'll go in the flesh um and I, and I think more of that, which is just an accumulation, probably over more than just our first season. You know, I think it's a season and a half, two seasons to build up that accumulation. But this first mm. win, this first win would help massively. I think we're, you know, we haven't spoken about that in its effect to drag people and get bums on seats. This first win, I think, does a lot for that. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um and and so on, uh, like I'm going to go now, I think, like looking ahead to the upcoming fixtures for Tigers, because you've said about it before, we're talking about bums on seats and people go, well, there's a massive gap in the Gallagher Mem. I mean, I was getting, it, it's absolutely right. Player waiting, like contact loading, player management, player welfare, 10 team league, 
for the Gallagher men's prem. So it's I'm in favour of the Six Nations gap. I find it a bit uh, that I've got to wait so long to go see the men play at Matty Lee Welford Road again. I was looking at that and it's like March, April time um, for the Gallagher men's prem. Yeah, it's a long wait, although there is a friendly against Nottingham. But in this Six Nations period, if you are craving that Matty Early Woods, Welford Road, Leicester Tigers experience, there are going to be Tigers women's fixtures in the PWR. And so this is a unique opportunity for people who said that time was an issue to go, or oh, I support the men's team home and away. Well, there are no men's fixtures. So let's promote it, shout about it. I mean, P- PWR, you said TNT should hopefully be showing lots and lots of games in this period because there are no Gallagher men's prems for TNT to show. This isn't just, I'm putting, we're not just putting a call out for Leicester Tigers when we say promote the hell out of it. I'm saying PWR, TNT, everybody, we can really, really, really boost the league in this time. So I'll just run you through what's happening. Obviously, um, we've then got the Women's Six Nations coming up, which we'll talk about a little bit. But the upcoming fixtures for Tigers within this kind of men's Six Nations period, we've got Gloucester Hartbury at home on the 3rd of Feb. Then, if you fancy an away trip to Franklin's Gardens, you can go on the 10th of Feb to see Tigers play Loughborough Lightning. Then, we are back at home in what is a Friday evening fixture on the 23rd of Feb that's Trailfinders at home. And I'm definitely, definitely going to that one because we're taking my mum as well. Um, And then, on the 3rd of March, it's Sarries away. So, if you wanted a trip down to London, you could do. But for me, the 3rd of Feb, possibly the 10th Franklin's Gardens away, and the 23rd of Feb represent unique opportunities for Tigers. And this whole of this men's Six Nations period represents a unique opportunity for TNT and PWR to really, really, really shout about this league. Um, you know, then we're into the women's Six Nations period before we return to club rugby. In- um, and I think, as I said before, this period of fixtures give Tigers fans some club rugby to watch and support during the men's Six Nations it's yeah. not just there is now no club rugby. No, there's still club rugby. We've got two home games within this period. Trailfinders, are we now eyeing that as a win? Could that be yeah. our first home win within the men's Six Nations period, which means let's pack that trade view stand? Like, absolutely. Then after that, there's another period for Tigers fans to get even more excited because we then go into the women's Six Nations and we know we're going to see Tigers players in the Six Nations. Like, we know we're going to have a bunch of Scots. Like, chances are, like, Meg Jones has been named in the training squad for the Red Roses. So chances are we'll see Magic Megan there as well. Like, Amy Cocaine is still in the training list, but with an asterisk because she's in the in the injured kind of rehabbing list, just like George Martin is for the, for the men. So it's a really, really exciting time now for Tigers fans and PWR fans because there's this massive gap. I mean... Gallagher men's prem won't be on TNT until like March, April time now. Yeah, so end of March. Let's let's see let's see a lot of PWR coverage. Let's see a lot, a lot, a lot of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've we've been banging on this drum for ages and ages and ages, but I, the, the the opportunity is still there for for Tigers. I'd be like, especially to make the most out of this this win as well, and. Yeah, our, our our first home game fixture. Our next game is against 
Gloucester Hartbury at Matthew Woods Welford Road, which is going to be a challenge. Um, you know, I'm, I'm they're, they're the league leaders that just beat Sarries. They were the champions last year. We're to to try and back up from our victory against Sale. We, we know that's going to be difficult. We know that's going to be a task. And obviously, we'll 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 preview that game properly um, next week. But I, I think there's still an opportunity again to for for fans to be like, oh, there's no there's no men game this weekend. Let's go to Matthew Woods Welford Road. Let's see a great Gloucester Hartbury side, and you know we can continue our momentum. And if we if we improve on the things that we fell short against Gloucester in that in that Slater Cup fixture away, that's still a massive improvement. And also, you know, we'll, we'll preview that properly next week. But yeah, I think you know, I I, I do worry about sounding like a. Um, Sort of a, a, a parrot's just going on and on and on about about um, Tigers promoting these these PWR home games, but I, I still think there's a real opportunity here and to to make the most out of this Six Nations gap, and yeah, and and help sort of build the the, the fan base and 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 get gate receipts and and get that cash flow into the club. I, you know, I, I I'm I'm just seeing this as 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 as, as a win win really, and 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 yeah, exactly when 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 there isn't those Gallagher Premiership fixtures on that 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 time factor suddenly then massively decreases. And I, and so- I think that I'm sorry. I had a thought, and then uh, I want to also. It's it's not just about TNT Tigers or PWR thinking about it. It's also about all the other rugby pods that are out there. That yes, you can absolutely devote some time to the men's Six Nations, as is right. But if you are normally talking about the Gallagher men's Prem then devote some of your time to the Men's Six Nations and then devote the rest of the time to the PWR during this period because there's club rugby still going on in this country. Um, so, I'm, you know, <laughs> thank you if you're already planning to do that and I've just got now got angry at you regardless. Um, but I think that it represents an opportunity to push this league. And we saw what happened to the Women's Six Nations when it was finally given its own window away from the Men's Six Nations. It took COVID to do that. Hmm. It took COVID away to get away from like international double headers where there's like, what, a hundred people in the stand because everybody else has gone after a men's international, you know, because it's a completely different crowd or you didn't push it. And it was just said on a, on the PA system, like five minutes before kickoff. Oh, don't forget, stay after this to see England women play Italy. Like, there's a real opportunity. We Again, we saw what happened. It took COVID, but the Women's Six Nations was finally given its own window. And I think it was one of the Cleal sisters that said that at some point on social media a couple of years ago. It took COVID, but look what happened when it's given its own window. So now the PWR has given, been given its own small window during the Men's Six Nations here to be the only club rugby, top flight club rugby, going on in this country. If you are a podcaster, journalist, broadcaster, fan, anything involved, and you are sad at the fact that there is no club men's rugby going on, that's fine, because I am too. Like, I love going to see the men's team, but there's still club rugby going on in this country. Let's shout about it. And let's, because because it is exciting. I'm now thinking about what happened when the Six Nations for Women was given its own window, and it just soared and soared and soared. 
this could be the same. Like I'd be, I could be getting unnecessarily angry. Like there could be a ton of people going to coverage it and, you know, and I'm just sat here like shouting at poor Jacob, like getting angry. Like why are people covering this when they already might be planning to? So I think this is exciting. This is potential now, not just for Tigers, not just for TNT, not just for PWR, but everybody because... As I say, and I'm saying it for a third and final time, we saw what happened when the Women's Six Nations was given its own window. Now PWR yeah. is getting its own window. It's it's exciting. So let's let's take the ball and, and run with it. And that is my only rugby pun I think I've used this episode. That's my rant done. Yes. 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 Done. Yes. But, you know, yes, we kind of ended the, the, the pod on a slightly sort of um, less negative <laughs> note because we've got all the all the massive positives out of the way. We've done all the gloating about the sale fixture. Um, but yeah, it's because uh, there's, there's there's no... Well, Tigers aren't playing this weekend. They're, the PWR are playing a, a, a rescheduled game that was cancelled, that was postponed early on from the season. So yes, we, we've got a, we've got a week's break and then we've got Gloucester Hartbury um, at home at Woods Welford Road. So next week we'll be back to, to, to preview that game. And um, yeah, thank you so much, everyone, for, for listening to this pod it's been uh it, it's been so sort of because I've, I've just felt like a, in, in, in some weeks I've, I've felt like a broken record being like oh we're doing really well it's just you know we, we've we, we're nearly there we're nearly there but now we've got the win where me and Jess all all our rantings and rumblings and ummings and rings we've all been proved right uh well at least for, for one game anyway but um yeah I, I, again massive congratulations to the girls and Thank you, all the listeners, for for staying with us through our through our giddiness and our um, highbrow analysis, obviously, um, of and chat about scrums and player profiles and all that thing. So, yeah, thank you so much, guys. And um, yeah, it's been it's 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 been really really good to to talk about a win. <laughs> yeah. I'll I'll finish by saying one thing and one thing only. We've got our first ever win in the PWR. Yes! Yes! yes!